Welcome to RBC's Markets in Motion podcast, recorded April 17th, 2023. I'm Lori Calvacina, Head of U.S. Equity Strategy at RBC Capital Markets. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclaimers. Today in the podcast, we tackle hot topics and some of the most interesting things that crossed our desk last week. Three big things you need to know. First, some U.S. equity investors have been frustrated that the stock market seems to be ignoring an upcoming recession, but it's happened once before. Second, we're looking forward to an earnings season dominated by new hot topics as the discussion about inflation and its underlying sources has begun to fade in company commentary. And third, a few other things that jumped out from our high-frequency indicators last week are all pretty tactical in nature. Elevated NASDAQ futures positioning, stabilization in banks, better earnings revision trends for growth and value, at least for now, and the weakening rotation to non-U.S. equities. If you'd like to hear more, here's another five minutes. While you're waiting, a quick reminder that you can listen to this podcast on Apple and Spotify. Now let's get into the details. We'll start with takeaway number one. Stocks have ignored a recession once before. One of the things that's jumped out in our recent meetings with U.S. equity investors is how many have asked us whether the stock market has ever bottomed before a recession actually got underway. We've generally been highlighting our belief that the S&P 500 priced in a recession at its October 2022 low when it fell roughly 25% from its January high. That stat is just shy of the median recessionary drop in the index dating back to the 1930s of 27% heading into a recession. Fears that aggressive tightening by the Fed would drive the U.S. economy into a recession were a clear catalyst for that move lower last year. The price action in small caps last year also makes us think that the October low in the S&P priced in a recession. Over the summer of 2022, small caps also appeared to price in a recession when the Russell 2000's forward P.E. returned to just over 11 times, which it did on June 16th. Historically, the Russell 2000 P.E. bottoms in the 11 to 13 times range. Additionally, small large relative returns moved back to levels that were consistent with a drop in ISM manufacturing into deep contractionary territory last summer. And so last week, as we were discussing this issue with investors, it also occurred to us that there actually is one period in history when the stock market appeared to flat out ignore a recession, and that was 1945. This was the recession that occurred as the U.S. exited World War II. It was pretty brief, lasting from February to October of 1945, and was driven by the pivot from a wartime economy to a peacetime economy in which government spending dried up quickly. Unemployment remained low despite the fact that soldiers returning home were competing with civilians for jobs. Stock market conditions were volatile before the recession of 45. The S&P 500 dropped 43% in the early years of the war, a bit worse than the typical recession drawdown. It then bottomed and pivoted sharply in 1942 between Pearl Harbor and the Battle of Midway. Momentum shifted back towards the Allies once the U.S. was fully pulled into the conflict. And the market then rallied strongly through the end of the war, pausing for only a very brief pullback of 13% in 1943. While there are clear differences between 1945 and today, one thing that both periods seem to have in common, to us at least, is that unprecedented historical events caused dramatic shifts in the economy that ended up requiring a tough transition back to more normalized conditions. In the case of 1945, this resulted in a technical recession that the stock market was ultimately able to look past, perhaps simply due to all the pain it had taken already. Time will tell whether the stock market can look past any recession that occurs in 23-24 as the U.S. economy completes its transition into the post-COVID era. 
It's worth keeping in mind as we all debate about what's priced into the market and what's coming, that while ignoring a recession would be rare, it wouldn't be unprecedented. Let's now move on to takeaway number two. The inflation discussion has faded in company commentary. With 1Q23 reporting season getting underway, we've updated a number of the charts that we've been tracking, highlighting trends in company commentary on hot topics and transcripts for S&P companies. The big things that jump out to us is that high-level commentary appears to have peaked on the topic of inflation and is in the process of declining if you look across all of the inflation-related topics that we've been watching. This includes inflation itself, supply chains, and pricing. Interestingly, commentary on the topic of recession, uncertainty, and layoffs also appears to have peaked. This echoes what we saw in the Duke CFO survey a few weeks ago, which suggested to us that C-suite confidence was starting to improve prior to recent banking events. We confess that we're excited about the idea of companies focusing on new issues this year. Beyond the secondary impacts of recent events in banking, it remains to be seen exactly what these new hot topics will be. We've read through all of the early S&P 500 reporters of the past few weeks. Outlooks seem to be baking in some conservatism on interest rates and the consumer. While higher uncertainty has been acknowledged by a number, it's striking to us that the tone hasn't been too alarmist. Direct impacts from the banking crisis continue to be described as minimal, with banks' regulation and impacts on lending in focus. On the topic of lending going forward, we found it somewhat comforting that one big bellwether bank indicated they would not tighten what they termed unreasonably due to recent events. Commentary on inflation, supply chains, and pricing has highlighted where pressures are moderating, trends are improving, and strategies going forward are flexible. Softness in consumers and demand has been acknowledged by some, but others have been emphasizing resiliency. Let's wrap up with takeaway number three. What else jumps out from our high-frequency indicators? All the data points we're about to highlight are fairly tactical in nature. To start with, NASDAQ futures positioning among asset managers isn't back to peak just yet, but it's worth noting that it is getting close. When it does return to past peaks, that may signal a short-term peak in the stock market broadly, as was the case last August. Additionally, banks' performance continues to stabilize, and that's a positive for the broader market for now. This reflects increasing confidence that the recent banking crisis will end up being a contained implosion, something more similar to WorldCom or LTCM. We've also been struck by the fact that earnings revision trends have been much stronger for growth companies than value companies recently, though we do point out that this may change if banks' results remain strong or firmer oil prices boost energy revisions. And finally, flows to foreign equity funds have faltered lately. The U.S. no longer looks highly overvalued relative to Europe, and futures positioning by asset managers in emerging market equities has stalled. All of this suggests to us that the rotation out of U.S. equities into non-U.S. equities has lost some of its steam and fundamental justification. That's also good for the S&P 500. That's all for now. Thanks for listening, and be sure to reach out to your RBC representative with any questions. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.